You know, today I just want to bring a message really on the well of salvation and how you and I can draw from the well of salvation that Jesus Christ has provided for us and receive everything that we have need of. Last week, Mark spoke a message on which side of the cross do you want to live on? Do you want to live on this side of the cross where there's guilt and shame and condemnation and unforgiveness? Or do you want to come to the cross, give your life to Jesus and start to live in peace and hope and forgiveness and joy and so many other wonderful, wonderful things that God has in store for us? And sometimes I think when we think of salvation, we can just think of that moment where we gave our lives to Christ. I don't know about you, but how many of you got that defining moment where this was the day? I know where I was. I know what day of the week it was, this, that, and the other. How many of you can put your hand up and say you can remember that moment of salvation? That's awesome. Now for me, to be honest, I can't because I went to church when I was four days old. I remember praying that little prayer in in Sunday school. And then I remember watching a movie called Thief in the Night and going, okay, I better just make sure I'm with Jesus. And I went through one stage where I was constantly putting my hand up just to make sure, just to make sure. So I can't quite actually define a day, but I do know what is defining is the work that it's done in my heart and my life. Amen. But sometimes we can just think of salvation at that moment. But I want to encourage you today that really when we actually think of salvation in all of its fullness, it's when you and I experience soundness in every area of our lives. Soundness in spirit, soundness in soul, soundness in body. And you know, soundness pretty much means in good condition in good condition with your spirit because you know you're heaven bound and it's been reunited with Christ, with God through Jesus Christ. But soundness, in good condition, in good nick, with your spirit, with your mind, the way you think, your feelings, your emotions, and then what you choose to do. And so often how we think determines how we feel and how we feel determines what we do. And Christ is saying to us that we can actually live by drawing from the well of salvation based on what He thinks and what He says about us and not what we think and what society and culture says about us. Amen? But in order to do that, we're going to have to draw from the well of salvation. Because of course, there is an enemy who's about to go around trying to kill, steal and destroy. We see that in John 10. But Jesus said He's come to give us life and life more abundant. Life in its fullness, amen. Not because we don't have challenges, but in spite of challenges. Not because we don't have difficult situations, but in spite of the difficult situations, amen. And so I love it in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, we're reminded that God has given us everything we need to live life here and now. You are here for such a time as this because God planned and purposed for you to be. You know, back in the day when I was like, you know, in my mid-30s and everybody else I was hanging around with was in their mid-20s, I used to really be a little bit reluctant to give my age to anybody. And then we were in Australia and I remember suddenly becoming aware that, oh my gosh, God planned and purposed for me to be born at such a time as this. So I should be jolly well proud of my age. So family, I'm 59, so there you go. 59 and I'm super happy to be 59 because God planned for me to be born when I was born and he planned for you to be born when you were born to be here for such a time as this to really come from all the different parts of the world that you have come from and find yourself here who would have thought an English girl who loves the countryside who's you know Indian heritage but parents were born in the Fiji Islands would be in Berlin 
Who would have thought you would be here? There's not that many of us that are real Berliners. Like even the majority of the Germans have come from somewhere else. I think Helena's probably the only German Berliner. Ich bin ein Berliner. But for such a time as this, you are here. Amen. And God's given you everything you need. In the Amplified Version, 2 Peter 1.3 says this, For His divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. He's given us everything that we need. And in Isaiah 12 verse 3, we see how everything He's given us is like a well of salvation. And it says that you and I can draw with joy. You and I will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy. Not waiting till we're in absolute despair and misery and, you know, madness. But with joy, we can draw from the wells of salvation. Amen. And this is a well of salvation that originates and is found in Christ and Christ alone. Christ and Christ alone. And I'm reminded, you know, in John 4, we see the story of the Samaritan lady who came to a well that Jesus was at. And for those of you who maybe don't know, I'll just give a little bit of context to this story. There was a Samaritan woman and at that time, the Samaritans were despised by the Jewish they were despised, they were outcast race. But not only was this Samaritan woman despised by the Jewish people, she was obviously also outcast and ostracized by her own. Because she came to the well at noon. At the heat of the day, she came to the well. And normally, traditionally and culturally, we see historically that women came to the well in the morning because it was cooler, but also because it was a social activity. It was where they would get together. It would be like their sisterhood morning, every morning. How many of you know what sisterhood is? Yay, okay. More of you are familiar with sisterhood in this service and last service. Last service, I've got a lot of work to do to rebuild sisterhood. So I would like this service to help me help the first service to rebuild it. Are you up for that? Awesome. Yay. Team sisterhood. But they they would come and they would socialise. So we can see she didn't want to be with them. She didn't want to be around them for whatever reason. We can probably surmise the fact that she had five husbands and the man she was currently living with was not a husband, had a lot to do with her not wanting to be with them. Because maybe they ridiculed her. Maybe she knew they were speaking badly of her. Maybe she was full of shame and guilt. Or maybe she was just like, whatever. I just don't want to be with them because I can hear them gossiping about me and talking about me. Whatever her reason was, it was real enough for her to actually come in the heat of the day. But who was waiting for her? Who was waiting for her in the heat of the day? Jesus. Who is waiting for you in the heat of your life? Jesus. He will always be waiting for you. Amen. And he was waiting for her. And this is such a beautiful story because he asked her for water. And this Samaritan, she was like, why are you even speaking to me, much less asking me for water? Hey ho, like, excuse me, you should not be talking to me. You're Jewish. I'm a Samaritan. And you should definitely not be asking me to get my dirty, unclean hands to pull up water for you. But we see in John 4 what Jesus his reply to her was in Scriptures 10, 13 and 14. And this is what it says. Jesus answered her, If you knew about God's gift of eternal life and who it is who says, Give me a drink, you would have asked Him instead and He would have given you living water, 
eternal life. Verse 13, Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. This is what Jesus was saying about the impact of salvation 2,000 years ago. And this is exactly the same for you and I today. You know, at this moment in time where this woman came and she encountered Jesus, he did the complete opposite to what the others, we can surmise that the other people were doing. What did he do? He placed value on her by speaking to her. He spoke to her potential. He actually didn't deny the realities. And he didn't say, he didn't say to her, you've, got five, you've had five husbands, da, da, da. He, he, he basically, he didn't accuse her about it. He just inquired about her. And then she opened up and she said, I have no husband. And he said, you say rightly, you've had five and the man you're living with is not your husband. He knew everything about her. He placed value. He basically spoke to her future. He gave her hope by saying, I have everlasting living water that can satisfy every single thirst you may ever have. Amen. And she ran back to her village and said, come see a man who told me everything about myself. Jesus knows everything about you and he doesn't use it to accuse you. He uses it, he uses it so he can remind you he's got everything you need. Everything that you need. He told her that she could draw from a well that have everlasting living cleansing water. And again, it's the same for you and I today. And that revelation was so profound to her that in verse 28, we see how she left her jar, her man-made jar, and she ran back to the village. The people, incidentally, she was trying to avoid in the first place, but she ran back to them with the message and said, come see, come see, come here. And I pray that we will be that church that actually gets a revelation more and more of what God wants to do in our lives. Our lights will go on, we'll see truth and we will run to others and we'll say, come see, come here. If you've been water baptised and you know the power of it, would you go to somebody else and say, come see, come here, the power of water baptism. Amen. May we never lose that, that excitement when we realise, when we never ever lose that moment when we realise what it meant to be saved. Amen. And may we run to others and say, come see, come here. And may our lives also speak of that. May they see it in our lives. May they hear it in our words. Amen. She ran back to her village to tell the people, of the one who promised to give living water that would never run out, a living cleansing water that would wash away the sin. Though our sins are red like crimson, He washes them whiter than the snow. That's what our Jesus does. That's what the Holy Spirit working in us does. Amen. Ran to tell them of this Saviour who gives life giving, cleansing water. Amen. You know, many years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Uganda and see the work of compassion. And you know, also as a church, we run every year or we raise funds for charity water so that we can actually put a well in a place where people don't have clean water. 
And when I went to Uganda, there was a lot of projects that were for the children. But what they found out was that even though the projects were on, children under the age of five especially were still dying. Adults and older children were becoming very ill with dysentery, etc. And it was all based purely because they were drinking water that was unclean. It was bacteria-infested water. And I went to one site where the water had been coming. And, you know, not, not long before we'd got there, there'd been a dead cow at the top. But then all of that was in the water, infesting the water. And before this particular well had been built, that was the water that the women and the children would actually collect. Um, that's the stream and river that children and women would collect the water from. And they would drink it to quench that immediate thirst. But in drinking it to quench that immediate thirst, they were actually dying. And I think that's a fantastic metaphor for you and I today. Because there are so many things out there that we can actually take to quench an immediate thirst. But is it killing us or is it adding life? I'm telling you, the drawing from the well of salvation is what will add life and bring life to you. But actually quenching our thirst with other things is going to harm us. And there's too many things going on around right now. There's so many things that are seeking to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus said, like I said earlier, He's come to give us life. He's come to give us life and life more abundant. Not a, not, not a life that's, like I said, free of challenges, but life. Life, life that gives and keeps giving continually, overflowing, flowing freely. We don't have to persuade Him. He, it's just freely given. Amen. It's given from Him. And I just want to let you know there is an alternative. If you are actually taking and quenching a thirst from something else, there is an alternative. There is an alternative. And I'm not just saying things that we maybe think of in your mind. I'm saying, are we taking because it's easier to worry than it is to get into the Word of God? because we're so used to worrying. Are we doing this because it's easier to live in fear because that's how I've lived instead of actually pursuing the love of God that actually His love, His perfect love actually frees us from fear. Amen. There is so much available in this incredible well. So my first point, I know you think I should probably have 10 by now, but my first point, if you're taking notes, is that God has given us everything we need. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything we need. You know, the Holy Spirit is often characterized in the Bible by water and sometimes fire and a dove and this and that and the other, but water. So symbolically speaking, when we say we are drawing from the well of salvation, it represents you and I drawing from everything that the Holy Spirit has and is for us. Exactly. Wow. And we've talked and done that series on the fruit of the Spirit. So there's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. It's all in that well. We can draw from the armour of God from this well of salvation, which is truth, it's righteousness, it's peace, it's, it's, it's the helmet of salvation where our mind can be renewed. This is what we can draw from. It's wisdom, it's faith. Everything you have need of, we can draw from this well of salvation because this well of salvation is Christ. Amen? Amen. We're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it with the backing of heaven. I know oftentimes we can start off that way and go, yay, let's do it. You're all gonna go out inspired. But then on Monday, you're not gonna have the platform team to lead you in worship, popping out of your wardrobe. We're gonna have to do it ourselves. Amen? We're going to have to mature spiritually. 
We have to grow up spiritually. And I believe that's what God is calling for us to do in this season ahead, to grow up spiritually, to actually be able to draw from the water. I remember my mum telling me as a little girl in Fiji that she used to draw water from a well. It had a bucket and it had a rope and a little thingamajiggy and she used to draw it. But they had to be out, the water was there, but they had to draw it out. And I'm letting you know, for all of our lives, this season ahead, everything we need is there, but we're going to have to draw it out. Amen. There's a scripture, I won't read it for the sake of time, but in Jeremiah 2 verse 13, basically it says that, that it just talks and says that the people have done two evil things. They've abandoned the life-given God and they've abandoned Him, abandoned Him, the one who gives life, living water, and they've got these old broken clays, jars, that they're trying to catch the rainwater in. And before we start pointing the finger because my dad used to say when you point the finger, three are coming back at you. Before we start pointing the finger, we've all been there, haven't we? And I don't think it's so much about we've been there, etc. It's like once we recognise what we're doing, what are we going to do about it? Once we recognise traits in us that cause us to go onto the other side of the cross, what are we going to do about it? Do we know where to go? Do we know what to say? Do we know how to do what we need to do? Amen. Or are we going to be like the people in Jeremiah with these cracked old pots running around trying to get the rain that the originator of water and life-giving water has actually provided for in any case? Let's go to the origin. Let's go to the originator. And that's something that's really been stirring up in me of late. That, you know, when I'm praying for people to get saved and I'm praying for the next generation to get a revelation of God, I'm saying, God, just bypass all of us, but you go directly to them. Let it originate in their spirit, originate with you, because that's when it's powerful. You know, my dad used to also say, God doesn't have grandchildren, just children. Wherever you may be, God wants His relationship with you directly as His child. Amen. Sons and daughters of the Most High. Amen. Amen. So I guess I want to ask you, because this is what I've asked myself, what, what, where are you at? Is that well of living water flowing freely or is it blocked up? And if it is blocked up, what is it blocked up with? Because, you know, we can take heart from... Isaac back in the Old Testament in Genesis 26 where he saw that there was wells that were supposed to provide water and they'd been blocked up by the enemy by the Philistines but what they did was they got together and they started to redig the wells what are the wells that you need to redig I know what I need to do and I'm working on me I'm working on me I'm asking the Holy Spirit to reveal truth and sometimes it's not always nice but I want, to, I want to be the best version I can possibly be with everything He's given me. Amen. What is it you need to dig up? What is blocked needs to be unblocked? Or what do you need to redig for the first time? Amen. And can I just say, when we see these, the, you know, the ch- children of Israel and Isaac redigging the wells and digging new ones, they didn't do it on his own. He did, it wasn't just Isaac with a little shovel, you know. It was all of the people. And that really does bring me to my third point which is God wants to partner wants did I tell you the second point okay let's just recap here God has everything we need point one point two God wants us to partner with him did you get that point three God wants us to partner with each other amen 
You know, at salvation, we were adopted into the family of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't know whether you're a single child or there's two of you. Like I used to, I used to want loads of kids, right? But I realized that God in his mercy gave me two. <laughs> he knew what, you know, he's like, yeah, you're going to be here, there and everywhere. Two will be fine for you, Joyce. You think, you know, in your romantic little head, you think you could cope with seven, but two will be fine for you. <laughs> but in any case, you know, I was telling the first service that I've got 54 cousins. Yeah, my mother was one of 14. My father was one of seven. I have got 54 cousins. They all get a birthday card. They all get a Christmas gift and a Christmas present. Not. Um, but I don't know where you put Do you know what the greatest family to be part of is the family of God? And you and I have been adopted into the family of God. And we can be there for each other. We can be there for each other. I want to read Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12 where it says, Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. It goes on to say, three are even better, for a, a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And you know, in this room, there's a lot of things that would divide us. There's a lot of things that would like, we, it was just so different. But the cord that binds us all together, this third cord, is Jesus. He binds us together and that cord cannot easily be broken. So whilst we're at a size of church where you're not going to know everyone, our prayer is that everyone will be known by someone. Amen. And so I just want to say that we have things on midweek that people can be part of that they can actually come into a smaller setting so we've got a community here but I know even for Mark and myself we've got a community here but we've also got people that are family here not blood family but they, they, they mean as much to us as our family and so that is possible here in this room and we've got we've got the opportunity to actually be part of that through our community groups so God wants us to partner with each other. Because what I don't have, somebody else has that can strengthen me. And just two weeks ago, I reached out to somebody in our community and said, I need your support in this, this, and this. Will you come alongside me? And they said, yes. And I've got that here. And I know that that is possible for you here in this room also. God wants us to partner with each other so that you know that you are never alone. And again, that's why we were doing discovery. We're creating another opportunity, another forum for you and I to grow spiritually, a smaller setting where you can build community. You know, one of the things I read in an article recently, and basically it said isolation, there's three things in particular that isolation heightens in a person, and it's doubt, discouragement, and depression. But with community, when we actually get together, community brings, out, brings a connection. And connection equals care and celebration. So it's not just caring when there's need, but it's celebrating the wins, celebrating the births, celebrating the birthdays, celebrating the new, new venue that we've got, celebrating the things in your life. Like just in the foyer, I was talking to somebody who's starting a new job tomorrow. Celebrating that. 
So yeah, isolation, doubt, di- discouragement and depression, but connection and community, care and celebration. What do you want? What do you want to be a part of? And what do you want to actually contribute towards making? I know for me and my house, it is that we want to serve the Lord. We want to serve the Lord. We want to be here. We actually want to tap into the well of salvation of all that God has for us. We want to partner with Him, but we also want to partner with you. And we want you to partner with us. And together, we will see the kingdom of heaven here on earth, as it is in heaven, here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen.